Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. No, no problem. All right. So The Starving Artist is brought to you by Heavy Water Coffee. With a time-honored passion for the craft, Heavy Water is selecting unique single-origin beans from all around the world and roasting them in micro-batches to maintain the highest level of quality control. High in quality, small in quantity. Head over to heavywatercoffee.com. Use promo code CaseyRyanMusic at checkout for 10% off your order. Again, that's heavywatercoffee.com. Promo code CaseyRyanMusic at checkout for 10% off your order. The Starving Artist is also brought to you by Liquid IV. Liquid Ivy's mission is to help people everywhere live better lives, optimize the body, hydrate those in need, and better the planet. From the electrolyte multiplier to the triple hydration single-use packets, Liquid IV is becoming a staple in the hydration game and is an incredible product for anyone looking to expand their overall health and fitness. Visit liquid-iv.com. Use promo code Casey Ryan Music at checkout for 20% off. Again, that's liquid-iv.com. Promo code Casey Ryan Music at checkout for 20% off your order. Joe Paisley. What's up, man? Hi. How Hi. you doing, man? I'm good, man. It's really good. Good to, really good to see you, even if it's through this means. So, yes. No, it's great yeah. to see you, man. Glad you're doing well. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm, yeah, and the same to you. I mean, you got a lot lot going on nowadays, it seems like. Yeah, a ton, man. It's uh, it's crazy it, uh, to watch just the growth since I joined uh, the podcast world. You know, I jumped from yeah. the radio world and kind of took a little – I mean, at the time, it was a big risk. Now that yeah. I look at it now, it was way bigger of a risk than I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's it's great that it's paying off. Yeah, yeah, that's and it and it seems like not only that it's paying off, but you get to work with not only Dan but like people in general that you enjoy to be around, which is fucking huge. Um, I can imagine. So yeah, that's that's a huge part of it, man. Like, I, yeah. uh, I mean, you're from the area. Uh, you know Zach Flannery. Mm-hmm. Um, and his band, like one of the only bands that I've really accepted to record in the last couple of years. Yeah. I've been like, you know what? I like what you guys are doing. Uh, and then it just worked out that like, I, I, I couldn't think of anybody else who wanted to write a thesis paper every single week besides Zach Flannery. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, Dan and I reached out, Zach, Zach and Dan had a history that I had no idea about when I reached out, like they knew each other from back when, Zach was booking comedy shows 15 years ago. Damn, that's uh, crazy. Yeah, they knew each other. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, and they gave it a shot. And uh, you know, Zach's still there, and things are going good, man. It's a uh, yeah, it's that's a crazy really cool. connection. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so I, I kind of wanted to give you know before you know I have a few questions to ask you and stuff, and we can just fucking go off the cuff too. But I also wanted to ask you, you know, so tell people a little bit like what exactly it is you do and how you kind of got started in it. Maybe just give a quick little background on on who yeah. you are and what you do. Yeah, not a problem. Uh, I'm an idiot. Who's got nothing well, that's but a given. You're a sexy idiot, though. Everything handed to him his entire life. No, it's a, <laughs> I worked I worked in rock radio for a decade. And um, I mean, long story short, I'll wrap up a decade in a couple sentences. I got sick of it. I was ready to move yeah. on. And at that time, I caught word that there was this comedian who we had on the morning show a couple of times. Who I looked up, I knew about, we talked, we, you know, we got along when he came into the studio. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, I'll check it out. I just got word that he was looking for an audio and a audio guy at that time. It wasn't even mm-hmm. audio video. It was just an audio guy. Uh, it was out of Coeur Lane, which was huge for me because the station I worked for went from downtown where, you know, Coeur Lane, North Idaho to Spokane, which is, you know, it's only 50 miles or so, but mm-hmm. when the roads are shit, that's a couple hours. Yeah. Not to mention Spokane kind of fucking. Oh, sucks. anyway, speaking of Spokane, do you have any meth? <laughs> 
No, it's <laughs> right, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, it, it it was fine. It was great. I got over it for a bit, but I I started I, I approached that two year mark, and I really got sick of making that drive. And that exact moment is when I caught wind that uh, comedian Dan Cummins was doing something out of Coeur d'Alene. He was looking for an audio guy. And uh, I just reached out to him. I met up with him and Lindsay. And within five minutes, Lindsay is his wife. Mm-hmm. And within five minutes, I was like, all right, all right I'll do it. Um, yeah. You know, it sounded, it sounded good at the time. A couple of years back, you know, they were clocking, you know, 50 or 60,000 listens in 30 days. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. You know, uh, the money was there. The studio's right down the street. And I was like, fuck it. I will ditch this decade long career and see how this goes. Mm-hmm. um just off the you know off the vibes crazy yeah yeah so uh the podcast is time suck with dan cummins uh, was our original flagship and still is great uh, fucking it's it's amazing by the way if anybody hasn't checked it out it's it's so cool it's crazy yeah. i mean it's deep dives into true crime into history into uh points of interest that you didn't even think you had mm-hmm. and he's a super dark comedian which lines up great with me because of my sense of humor <laughs> exactly so it's yeah, crazy me i mean has you laughing about things you really should not be laughing about and that's kind of the appeal so you know we did that and uh you know that was great that's done great and then uh him and his wife started a horror podcast called scared to death which took off huge and then dan and i started a podcast together uh a strictly comedy podcast called is we dumb and all three right now uh you know are 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 doing great and it's just uh it's weird to look back at because when is we dumb started (laughs) <laughs> and this was a moment that really put it in, uh, in perspective for me. When HB Dumb started, the, like, the first week or first couple weeks return of like the plays and the download and the unique numbers was bigger than Time Suck was when I left Rock 94 and a half. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, dude, dude that's crazy. I know. But it's like, but like comparative to how, how, you know, the greats, I mean, just how Time Suck has grown over the years and you compare it back to like, there's something that I'm really a part of, right? Yeah. And look look at that and you're like, oh, you know, compared to what we're doing in house, you know, it's the new guy in the block. And I was like, holy shit, I left a decade career behind to jump on with these plays? Like, what the fuck was I thinking? But, you know, we're having great and uh, yeah, they're all they're all doing uh, crazy. And it's, yeah. and it's awesome to see out of, out of Coeur d'Alene. It's out of North Idaho. Yeah, which kind of crazy. Yeah, that's a chip on on Dan Cummins. Um, if you don't, I mean, if you don't know his, his background, and if you really really study him, you've listened to his podcast or his stand up, you kind of get the gist of it. But mm-hmm. like the chip on his shoulder, he would never just like bend to L.A. You know, like he was a writer for Duck Dynasty. Uh, he was like the Playboy host for their radio show. You know, for a couple of years, mm-hmm. he would never bend to them. He wasn't going to play their fucking game. So yeah. for him to come up here in a place that isn't LA or Nashville or New mm-hmm. York and make something work. Um, you can, that, that sense of pride is, is contagious. Oh fuck. Yeah, dude. Like that like makes, you just fight yeah. for that out of a tiny town. You're like, we're going to put this shit on the map. We're going to show that you don't have to be in these, in these cities to make something happen. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest misconception is that you do. I mean, like, Oh yeah. 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 I, and, and like, and that's what I think that's probably the stand up comedian in him is like that, like, fuck that attitude and I'm just going to do it myself. I mean, I definitely have that attitude too. And like, for better, for worse, it's gotten me both forward and backward in my career as a musician. Oh, and like, I totally. Because like you got, I mean, at a certain point, you got to say, you got to put your foot down and like stand up for what you want to do 
because I've been that other fucking person that like does try to cater to what everybody else wants and like what the mainstream is. And it's like, it might work in a sense, but it like doesn't make you feel good about yourself at all. Right. And that's the cool. And that's the awesome thing about podcasting or just, or music or just the fucking internet in general and technology. You can just, you have the ability to do that. And by the way, the reason that you guys are probably doing so well is because it's fucking good. Like if you put out good content, people are going to watch it. Like, it's just yeah. a matter of getting it out there and actually doing it. So, I mean, there's 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 the marketing side. I mean, I, I mean, it was yeah. like Dan came yeah. in and he was like an under he was an underdog comedian. Like he, you know, mm-hmm. he had his specials. You know, he was on Netflix and Amazon and Comedy Central and all the late night mm-hmm. shows. Like he had a base, right? So he he didn't abandon that scene with nothing. But but fuck, he was on his way out. Like he, yeah. if it did, if this didn't work out he was basically putting himself out to pasture going from like the scene to Northern Idaho mm-hmm. where nothing that you want to be associated with like potatoes and KKK. Like you're, you're, you're putting yourself out. Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> no, yeah. they're the same thing in my mind. <laughs> potatoes and KKK are just yeah, as intelligent pretty, and as important. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. They have about the same value in humanity actually, too. Actually potatoes are way more valuable than KKK. Yeah, at least they have something. <laughs> yeah, at least I yeah. eat them. I don't yeah, know. No shit. No, no. but uh, yeah, but it was, it was um, you know, it, it was really something, man. Like that that drive and that angle, it doesn't always work out. I mean, there's those undercuts of every single scene. You have those musicians that refuse to do anything that's mm-hmm. going to be a part of something that can happen. You know, they can help their own success. Yes. And that because sucks. it's not cool. No, yeah, and right. Like, and that and that that there's a problem. There's a fine line between mm-hmm. staying. Uh, true to your values and your art and actually doing something that people are going to like and that you can make a living off of. There's a really fine line because like making it as a, as a musician or a comedian or as a, I mean, an actor or anything that's going to, you know, put you into something like in the level that you want to do it for a living and then just avoiding that and fighting it as hard as you can so that you fall off. There's that middle line there's so few artists, that percentage is so small compared to the mm-hmm. already tiny percentage of the people that bend to it and still make it. Yeah. So, I mean, you ha- there's, there's such a balancing act between the two, for sure. Oh, absolutely. And I think that that's such a fucking good point, dude. And, and not to mention that fact that the more that you, I think the more that confident you get in your art, whatever it is, like the more you're going to be able to find that middle ground. Because like, you can, at that point, once you develop a sense of confidence and once you've seen even a little bit of success and you're like, oh, well that worked so I can do this. And then if it, that doesn't work, oh, I won't do that again. You know, like I, I, when I got signed to Vagrant, I fucking moved to Southern California and I was more miserable there than I ever have been. Right. And I was doing exact. And so you realize certain things about like the industry, whatever it may be that you are dissatisfied with and are, make you unhappy. But, if I interrupt, like, what was the point? Like, why did you take that? Like what, what made you want to take that deal? Because it was the first time any, uh, well, for me personally, like I had this naive perception that like, Hey, you get a record deal, then that's it. Right. But that's not true. And I didn't really think of it in those terms. I mean, I had like a lawyer look over and everything and it was like a legit, it wasn't like the best deal, but it was was a contract. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, but for, in my eyes, that was like just the necessary step. But like now knowing what I know now, it's like you yeah, record deals actually they they can help you in a sense, but on the other side of that, you're in fucking debt to your label for the rest of your life, essentially. Yeah. And unless you do break big on the top forty, I mean, you're not really gonna have 
a lot of freedom and leeway to be creatively controlling over what you put out, you know? So, I mean, it's, but, but to further the point that you said about, there's people that like move to LA and still abide by that. Like, Oh, I'm not gonna, I'm like, dude, you already fucking moved there. So like, you're already in that scene. So you might as well just do, like you said, do stuff that's going to better your career. But I mean, I think it depends also on like where you're at in life. I was going to ask you about this actually too. So like being that you're like a father and a husband, you know, how did, how did that decision go into that? Because obviously if it was just you by yourself, you probably would have jumped in with both feet with no hesitation, but like, you know, how did that affect your decision? I mean, if I were, if I were single, if I was not a father or a husband of two, like I, I probably wouldn't have stayed in radio, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like that was, it was such a, it was a steady paycheck. I knew that it was fun. I knew that, I knew that it was unique. Um, when you think of radio, like honestly, because I mean, you grew up in that era and people outside of the, like just, I mean, that are maybe even 15 or 20 years below us, like radio doesn't mean shit to them. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, they don't understand like why the, like why does that even exist anymore? Yeah. Uh, but like for our generation, it still has some weight. You think of it's fun, it's promotion. It's great to have your song on the radio. Like you still feel those vibes from the radio. Right. Yeah. And, and I felt that and it was fun, man. Like it was, um, I knew like, I'm not a, I'm not a shovel in the dirt guy. I, you know, I'm not like, I mean, I'm not like I'm against manual labor. I do plenty of it myself, but I, I appreciated what I was able to do. Uh, that was along the creative track to get a paycheck. Something that yeah, you exactly. like to do. Just, yeah, yeah. Just something that I knew I was going to show up and somewhat enjoy. And as radio progressed and more and more people got fired, and luckily I kept my job, but they just ditched everything on everybody else that was still there. Mm-hmm. They're just like, okay, well, this guy's gone, but you get his job. And before you know it, you're doing the job of 17 people. Uh, so anyway, it was just a steady paycheck. That's what radio was. Yeah. Um, so when the job opportunity came closer to home, like, I mean, down the street, it's, it's five blocks away is where yeah, the studio is. That's amazing. It's, yeah. it's insane. Uh, and the opportunity and after talking to them and just, um, they didn't have to even sell me on it. They just told me what they're doing. And I just met their personality and I made that jump. I knew it was right. I guess, I just knew, I just had that feeling, man. Like I, I, it's not about, I mean, you get those risks. You talk to these managers, you talk to these guys that tell you about the show and as you get more seasoned in the game, you can realize he's just telling you shit that you want to hear. Yeah, well, you've kind of worked in that, so you know. You right, probably, exactly, yeah. man. Like, yeah. all you do is talk to radio reps all the time in radio. And they talk to you like this, and they're like, oh, you're going to be a... St-, and they're just, yeah, they're just like that fake fucking voice, yeah. All they do is pump you with this and what you're going to get for... Hype them up. <laughs> and all this shit, and yeah. like how good they are, and the shows, and the trades, and all this kind of this stuff, right? Uh-huh. You grow numb to that and you really see it as what it is. So I came out of that scene and, you know, fortunately enough, went and talked to Dan and Lindsay. And I, that was the, my bullshit filter, which I feel like is very thick. It was gone. Like, I was like, these guys are believing in what they're doing. They are 100% in and they need somebody else who is 100% in. Mm -hmm. They need somebody else that is not going to treat it like a job. They're going to treat it like it's their company, even though it's not my company. Uh, but if you show them that respect out the gate, kind of like a startup where you're just going to be digging in and doing everything you possibly can to grow it. I just felt like it was going to pay off, you know, yeah. and we're, you know, we're a couple of years uh, down the road now. And uh, you know, luckily it, it just did. Yeah, um, it is. It was, it was a huge risk. I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. I mean, and I, it's crazy. But too. I always, yeah. I always knew that if I left radio, 
I could go back to radio. Like yeah. I didn't leave, I didn't leave my job on bad terms. It was mm-hmm. very settled. It was very thought out. I didn't fuck anything up and then say, okay, well, before I get fired, I'm going to go do this. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it was just on everybody's terms. I understood it. If this didn't work out, I knew either they would take me back or somebody else would pick me up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very comforting to know that even if I made the wrong choice, I had something to go back on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's a really, I mean, fuck dude. I mean, you can't really get better than that, dude. As far as I like, know. as far as but, like, but it took, put, took a decade of winning. Yeah, exactly. It took, yeah. And like that's, that's what it is too. I think, I think a lot of people like, I don't know. I've, I've noticed that just in, just in the same worlds of podcasting, music, art, whatever it is, right. most of it is going to be disappointing. And oh, I, think that, I think that a lot of people like have to like, you have to get ready for that. I mean, fuck, a big reason why I had you on, obviously, because like I, I have a tendency, like I, I like to compare myself to people that like, I like to compare myself to people who are doing something similar, who I admire. And like, you've, you've always seemed like that person to me. That's why I kind of wanted to talk to you and just like get your perspective on this kind of shit. But like, I, I remember, I remember reaching out to you when I first moved down to Tucson and just being at like a standstill, you gave me really good advice. I remember, and I, I impl- implemented it and like, I saw success in like a very small way, but like, that's what you have to capitalize on is the small successes along the way. Not like just be focused on like the end goal so much, which right. is why I'm sure like digging your heels in with time suck and scared to death and, and is we dumb is something that it's not like, it's not like you're doing something that you fucking hate. It's like something that you genuinely want to like get better at and enjoy because you love to laugh. You love to make people laugh. You like to create. You like to be artistic. You love, audio. I mean, you're a fantastic audio engineer. I mean, like you, it's all of the things that you want to be doing. Right. You know, so that's awesome. Yeah. It's um like the, the end game of being happy yourself is really reliant on like your, at least for me, it's about your impact on the people that are consuming your product. Like that's such mm-hmm. a huge part of it. Like, I mean, you can be, it, 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 it bounces back to the same thing of whether you want to say or want to stay so true to your art, but no one like, but no one else fucking cares. Like that's such a balancing act. It's like, this is what I like. It's like, well, no one's buying it. Mm-hmm. Like, like you're, you and five people give a fuck about what you're doing. Don't be surprised when it doesn't turn into your career. Yeah. Don't be surprised because there's, there's ways to make like super dark shit or whatever you into, like in my perspective, like uh, the comedy that is super, super dark, we, we could go so much darker and both yeah. of us would love it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> because that's where, and, but we don't. Yeah. Because you know, if you go too dark, then you'll lose. You're going yeah. to, you're going to scare off uh, your, your grandma and your grandpa. Yeah. Well, most people aren't as like, I mean, for me, I, I would be like, fuck yeah, let me hear the darkest of the dark. But like right. not everybody's like that. Everybody, I think kind of like, kind of like you said earlier, everybody kind of operates in that middle ground, that middle area. So, right. And you, but as long as your take on it is unique, uh, there's, you know, there's a, there's an angle, there's a perspective and there's a, I don't know, like a self-worth to that. Yeah. Like it's not, I mean, it, it, no matter how unique we think we are, no matter how unique I think I am, how yeah. how unique you think your angle is on music, mm-hmm. it's a fucking no. There's so there's thousands, millions of people who are just like us. Are you saying? Are you saying that I'm not special to you? You motherfucker! Wow. You no, it, but the same thing, dude. Like you just have to have the passion <laughs> yeah. and and the drive to make it happen. Like we're not mm-hmm. that unique, man. Like yeah. well, we're, we're not, we're not like robots. Nobody. We don't have some crazy mind 
that is like interpreting our reality differently than these other musicians who are probably mm. maybe even better or worse yeah. or working to get to a point where they can perform. We're not any better than them. And that, yeah. and that tactic is how much are you enjoying the drive and are you going to find your perspective and find a way to make it work for you? Are you going to market it? What does that angle look like? Because we're all, I mean, you know, the sad, we're all replaceable. Yeah. I swear to God, man, it's just, you're not that, you're not that special. Yeah, you that, have to find a way to make it work for you. That's like the biggest problem I think is, well, first of all, there's a couple of things you said in there that I really love. Uh, the first thing about like being passionate about what you're doing, like, and then, cause if you don't care about it, no, other people won't either. Oh, so, absolutely I, not. Yeah, I heard don't this, even try and fake it. Yeah. yeah. I heard this quote that is really cool recently. It says your work is for you. Your passion is for others. And I love how you conceptualize that. Like it's for other people. Right. But yeah, like you're, if you want to make money off of it. Yes. That's really it. If you want to make it into a career. But, but I mean, but there's nothing, but I don't see like, I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. I still think you can be true to yourself and do what you love and also do it for like money. Like, I think that, I think there's this belief in art, especially that like, oh, I just don't want to do it for the money. It's like, dude, fuck that. Like, (laughs) that's not how I look at it at all. It's like, I love, I fucking love playing music. I love it, but I also want to make money doing it. And like, for you to, for people to say that, like, that's not what they want is ridiculous. And like, just like you said, you're not that special. There's so many fucking talented people out there who probably would be willing to do the thing that you're willing not to do. So just fucking capitalize when you can, you know? Are you, talk, are you talking about sucking dick in alley? Yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, <laughs> you it, did that. Okay. we were I on the same to, page, right? I've got a story. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, I understand that completely, man. It's uh, and I don't want this, uh, or the message I'm saying is that you're not, if you can't make it as a career, unless you fall out, you sell out. Like, I don't want that to be the message. That well, that's away. not true either. Yeah. But like, look at like people that, um, it's just, I don't know. It's just different enough. It's hard to explain. Like, like Nirvana, like no one fuck, like fucking what? <laughs> like, I mean, I respect Nirvana. Yeah. But it's, it's like, like on page, not bangers. really that. Yeah. But yeah. if you look at what they're doing, it's the same process Very presented simplistic. differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's presented. The, 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 the lyrics are different. The tone is different and the feel is different, but it's not different. It's the same mm-hmm. goddamn song that you've heard a million times. Yeah. Um, you don't have to form to that, but if you don't form to that, don't expect people to understand it. Yeah. You can't like, like you can be so unique and different enough that you might find a, you know, you find a weird base where, um, people can support you to a certain level based off just how weird you are. Um, and then a that's a good point. Is, like they will, that, that weirdness might become a thing that can sell eventually. Don't yeah. be surprised if it never happens. Yeah, I think I think honestly what's interesting now is like obviously we have a lot of fucking shit music out there. But there's what? a lot Yeah. Oh yeah, you didn't know? No, what? You know? This is news to me. Yeah, no, I mean, why not? <laughs> but no, most yeah, but some of like the most obscure music nowadays is also some not only some of the most popular but also some of the best. Dude, admittedly, yeah. when I first saw Billie Eilish, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Dude, and then I, was, I, like, I was I was down out the gate, dude. And then, but then I like actually listened to her music, and like, I didn't just like just miss her. And I was like, "Holy right. fuck, she is amazing, dude! Just She's so good, so good, it's unreal." But I, like, I, 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 and on that note, it has nothing to do with what you're talking about. But please, Billy, if you're listening, please don't do what Lord did. Don't the, don't keep copying yourself over and over <laughs> until nobody cares anymore. Just mix it up. 
Yeah. Don't, don't falsetto whisper forever. Because Lord's like, I haven't even heard of from Lord. <laughs> Dude, she had a she had a couple tracks like probably half a decade ago. But those first that first yeah. album I heard was so good. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it, that, those parallels between the two of just being that different vibe that still fits like that anti-pop yeah. kind of you know movement. Yeah. Just don't do that, Billy. I swear yeah. to God. Just mix it up. Show us you can do something else. There was there's there's a band that you and I share a mutual love for, which is City and Color. That right. like I fucking for people that uh, aren't listening, uh, Joe is also not only an extremely talented um, audio engineer and podcaster, but also an extremely talented musician. You posted a lot of amazing covers of you singing like Dallas Green songs and City and Color songs. I'm curious, like, so what? Like, just to ask you about music, just a quick touch on. So like. What was something that kind of inspired, like, were you always like, you've seemed always to me that you've always been a fan of music. Was that, do you think that that's kind of what inspired you to be one or? Yeah. My dad was a, was a, was a big musician. He, um, like he paid, he played a uh, bass. I remember growing up, like going to Steve Miller's house. I have a couple of Steve Miller's amps in my basement mowing. Oh no shit. I got it. Yeah. So he played bass with Steve Miller for a bit. My dad was a, like a, he was a really good musician, like really good. Dude, that's um, fucking rad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So bass, guitar. Um, never, not not a big singer. He can sing, but he doesn't he doesn't do it very much. Um, but m- growing up, we just always had instruments around the house. Like he mm. never forced us to play. We had like a piano. We had bass. You know, we had stand up bass, acoustic, electric guitar, and he just left them on stands. And he just you just walk by and you'd like if you had the interest, you'd you know, you'd play some shit. And mm-hmm. it was actually funny because we had the piano in the hallway. So you could always tell if somebody was coming or going, pretend, like, uh, just depending on which way the notes went. It was like, and you knew they were going that way. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, they were going that yeah. way. Um, so my dad was very music driven and I picked it up then. You know, my first instrument was drums, which I ended up going on. Uh, you know, going, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, going. On, I went to college on a percussion scholarship, actually. Like... Or like actual drums, both drums and yeah, <laughs> drums and percussion. <laughs> I, I, see went, I, I went. I went to you. I went to Lionel Triangle? Hampton School of Music on oh, a, in Moscow. <laughs> dude, yes, on, on, a, on a simple scholarship. I used to smoke weed outside that place, dude. Oh, you used to? Yeah. I still go to I, every day. I go down to Moscow and smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> the jazz school. Uh, no, but yeah, no, that was that was fun. I went through on a, on a percussion scholarship, but it was drums first, then it was guitar. And then, um, and then it was singing. Like it just kind of, I didn't sing until I went to college. I yeah. just didn't really, I didn't feel it. Um, but yeah, that was the progression. I grew up in a very musical household. Uh, my brother sucks at music. Me and my sister are pretty good. Uh, but it just kind of left it around for whoever wanted to pick it up. And that's where the interest yeah. came from. And, you know, the drive was there and the, like just the want to feel that it was really important to me. Yeah. The melancholy. I mean, did, so I'm kind of curious about that too. So like, I mean, obviously there's a certain type of person I think that gravitates toward music like City and Color or just like that. Or like, you know, on the other hand, like fucking, yeah, the the shit that you're into. So, I I mean, mean, so out of curiosity, so you've always, ever since I've known you, you've always seemed like a pretty genuinely easygoing person. But like, I mean, is that like who you actually are, do you think? Or did like, did did that, do you have to become that at as a product of maybe being a father or a husband or just evolving and getting older? Like, what did you fucking struggle with growing up? Oh, good question, man. Like I, I think a lot of the fire comes from that competitive side. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I grew up 
just nothing but sports. Like it was, uh, it was music and sports. Uh, I was lucky enough to be good at them. Like I was, the, you know, I, I was the guy that was a freshman, but I played varsity in football, baseball, and basketball. Fuck yeah, dude! Three sport athletes, too. and then just and, and band. So I got four. I got four sport because band play, banging this. that triangle, dude. And just <laughs> symbols, get it right. <laughs> uh, but just mashed it out, man. I I, I loved mm. them. I did great. And then by the time I hit my sen- senior year in high school, I was fucking over it. Like I just knew that I was not big enough to go and do shit after that. Yeah. And and like um, I was a big skateboarder. I used to ride yeah. for Powell. Yeah, I used to ride for Powell. Um, and I just love skateboarding a lot more than I love sports. And so by senior year, I guess the fuck. We were still good at it. Uh, you know, still did great, still, you know, got all state, but I didn't give a fuck about it. Yeah. Uh, but I think that drive to, you know, be competitive and fiery is where my my original hardcore side came from. Mm-hmm. Um, but to go back to like the more important side of your question is that, you know, I have two kids now. I have Pepper, who's my daughter, and she's 10. I have Ezra, who's my son, he's seven. And Ezra is, you know, he's high functioning autistic. And I had no idea what patients were until he, you know, came along. Mm-hmm. Like I, it, I am a different person yeah. between, between what I was five years ago to what I am now. I, I can't even understand it. Like the amount of a patience I have for either somebody who doesn't understand, who doesn't get it, whose emotions aren't right with it. Uh, I, I'm a completely different person. That's interesting. Yeah. I, the, the processing quadrupled with the amount of just like something happens and you will listen to it and you will feel it and you will look at it, but you won't have an initial reaction because the initial reaction doesn't matter unless someone's trying to kill you or mm-hmm. kill, kill your family. Like, it just doesn't matter. What matters is what is next? Like what do, how do we approach, like how do we approach the action? Because what just happened that you, all you have control over is how you react to what just happened. And one thing I've, when I've, you know, when Ezra came or Ezra came along and what I've learned is that if you spend all your time getting mad or frustrated or confused about what just happened, then you're fucked. Like there's nothing there. It's over. It's gone. So how do we, what do we do about, how we all are going to move into the future together. Mm-hmm. How do we, how do we address what happened and shape it? Uh, and that was, that was new to me. Like, I, I mean, maybe it's a concept that you can, like, you can, you can say, and you can try to understand, but until Ezra came along, I didn't really get it. I didn't live it. Yeah. Um, but there is, there is nothing, almost nothing that can happen now where I feel like I could, I could be in a head on high speed car crash collision. You'd be like, and I come out of like, okay, <laughs> that happened. What can I do next? I'm going to make sure that they're okay. Like, but you just, you, it just turned off those knee jerk reactions. You can't do it. You'll live your entire life in stress and confusion and frustration. Um, because he doesn't understand why he's doing it either. Interesting. Like, his brain, his brain doesn't understand why it's happening. He knows like you can, you can talk to him afterwards, but if you try to address it now, it's like, what are you doing? doesn't matter right now. My right sure, now doesn't matter. I'm, I'm sure that like when, when you guys were informed of him being autistic, I'm sure that like, obviously there were some emotions that came apart in that, but like in a way, obviously, you know, I, I'm not, I can't speak to this really cause I don't have a child, but like, I can imagine that like 
having a child with something like autism would in some ways, as you just explained, be kind of a fucking gift. Right. I mean, like for me, especially because I probably much like you, cause I think we're probably pretty similar along that way. It's like, I've never really been a patient person either. And I've, and it's interesting that you say that, that you have that moment in between like an act or uh, something happening and then your reaction to it, like between the stimulus and the response. And I've talked about this a lot with people and my almost immediate reaction, especially when something unfavorable happens, it's not necessarily like get fucking pissed, but it's like, it's never usually ever positive. It's always like, fuck. Right. Right. (laughs) And and that's that's fine. And you're, I think that you fall along like the, like the more insane or wackadoodle side. If you immediately, something bad happens and you're like, I'm going to learn from it. Like like that, like that's weird. Like that's not human. So I think you're okay in that regard. It's just, um, you can't you can't stay there Mm -hmm. you can't stay there because nothing good happens there yeah and and like nothing and nothing gets done except all all it does is just make everything else exponentially worse like it just makes your day worse it ruins your day and then it ruins your fucking relationships it ruins friendships nobody wants to be around you like all of that so i'm curious like so like flashback you know 10 11 years ago when you know you found out your wife was pregnant or your now wife was pregnant was like were you guys like working toward that? Like, did you want to be a father or was it just something that you? No, I mean, but it was okay. Yeah. I, I was more okay with it than Aaron was. Um, but we were in a tight spot. My God. I, like I had, I just graduated from college. I followed Aaron up to Spokane because she was going to get her nursing uh, license from Gonzaga. And mm-hmm. Gonzaga, as you know, is a Christian, a Catholic university. So they can kick you out for being pregnant. Like, I don't know if you knew that. What? They can, they can kick you out from being pregnant. That's not like illegal as shit. No, because Jesus said so. And uh, wow, so they Jesus doesn't get, want to get you an education if you break his fucking Jesus stupid rules. He doesn't want more followers. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> so, so that I mean that was a little wor- like you know worrisome. Um, but luckily, her teachers were not as insane as uh, like strict Old Testament would go. Um, so they let her finish up the semester. You know, we had Pepper, who was our firstborn. Um, and then I think Aaron took a year off before going back to Gonzaga to finish it up. So in short, it was not planned. Mm-hmm. Um, I was okay with it. I remember sitting on the floor, uh, you know, holding Aaron, just, she was bawling, crying. Like, it's not like in a sense that it was fucking over, but just, she understood that everything was different now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, all my brain could think about in that moment was it was either now or like now or five years from now. So what's, mm-hmm. the, what's the difference? Like we weren't super young. I mean, we were 24, 25. It's not like we were, you know, 15 and 16. It's a good, yeah, it's like a good age for sure. I right. Mean. So I mean, we, we understood that. Um, but I mean, it definitely was not something that we planned. But um, yeah, man, those. So did you, I mean. Those characteristics that, that instilled in that moment, like they were, you know, they were great. Yeah. So I'm curious about even like your relationship with her. So it's like, I mean, you guys have been together, what, like. 15 years 14 years 14 years yeah i mean so what's in your opinion i mean like especially with like the how fastly the the world has moved like with everything the current state of everything i'm sure that you guys have gone through like everything together you've probably seen each other at your absolute best absolute worst i mean you know if if, just like for people listening you know like what do you what's like something that you can maybe offer people in the sense of like what do you think is like a really important thing about making a relationship last as long as it has 
with you oh, and Aaron. Man. You know? I mean, just, just listening. I think support is the biggest. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's always going to be those things that you're going to, like, you're going to be hesitant to tell or bring up to you, especially 14 years ago. Like I'm, I'm not the same person I was 14 years ago. Dude, that's fucking crazy. You guys have been together that long. Yeah. Like your interests, your interests change, your personality changes a little bit. Like just things that happen. Like I was like, you know, um, yeah. Or like fucking what? 21 to 35. Right. Like that's a, there's a lot of growth that happens in there. Yeah. You're a completely different human. Like you have to be, you have to be open about those changes that have happened like to the best that you possibly can. Um, but I think support for whatever they are trying to do or they want to do is really, really important. Uh, and whatever that is, you know, like whether you, like you're making a big jump, what I'm the, my biggest supporter when I was jumping from radio to podcasting was Aaron. Mm-hmm. When Aaron wanted, she was like, I'm thinking about going back to school to get my master's, you know, to be a nurse practitioner. Like I had to be there. I knew what that meant. It meant that she was basically at to work a full-time job, go to school full-time and then do a bunch of nurse practitioner hours. That's another fucking full-time job. So in my, in my brain, it was like, cool. I'm basically going to be a single dad for like five years. <laughs> like that was like, and you just, you're like, okay, you, you know, that, that's just kind of the process. And that support thing to make it happen is really big, man. Like you're going to, you're both mm-hmm. going to change so much in those years, but if, as long as you're there, and show that whatever they want to do for themselves, you can support them for that. Mm-hmm. It, it really does. Uh, you know, it says a lot about what they want to do, but it also shows you, um, you know, what, what you can do. Yeah. Do you think, so I'm curious just because of that, and that was a really beautiful answer, but also like, do you think that, I mean, flashback to like 14 years ago or whatever. I mean, did you kind of know in a moment, did you have that feeling of like that one thing? Like you just, when you know, you know, did you know that it was Aaron or what were, I I mean, I know that, I know that like, just like as a, as a, as a baseline, I I just, I don't, I think it's okay to not know, but like, I'm just curious, like how you felt about it, right from the get go. Did you have that feeling at all? Or did you still have doubts and just, you guys just time told essentially how, how, yeah, I mean, like yeah. the first time we had our clothes off. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> just just like me and you. <laughs> she did that thing, you know, mm. with the with the body. Oh, uh, no, yeah. no, I, I, no, it was super early on, man. It was in college, and like, luckily, one of my really good buddies. We're still, I mean, we're still good friends now. Um, like me and Aaron had just barely started dating, and if you know me, you know this is super out of character. Um, where I'm just not one to jump to these huge like, uh, irrational conclusions. Uh, but we had been seeing each other for maybe a month at that point. I turned to my buddy and I said, uh, I, think, I think she's the one I'm going to marry. Damn. He's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I think so. And he goes, he goes, holy shit. Cause he knew me. Like I was like, I was a tamed animal. I was a fucking crazy guy <laughs> in, co- in college, man. Like I was, a, I was a fucking, I was off the hinges. I, I could see that. that. Yeah, and I just remember uh, looking at him. I was like, "Yeah, no, I think this is, I think this is the one, man." I could picture you. I could picture you being the guy that was like, always just ended up fucking running naked out of the house around the block. I got, I got arrested taking, taking a taking a piss on somebody or something. A piss on myself is what you meant to say. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah I, I was, I, I was, yeah, uh, I was a wild child for sure, man. Yeah. Yeah. I well, never got probably, in huge trouble, but I'm lucky I did not. So that's piss probably, up. I mean, like, I bet you carry that silliness into, I mean, in your family life too, though. It's probably another reason probably why you guys make it work so well is because you could probably just fucking be silly with each other. Oh, that's man. an important thing too, man, is like making your partner like your best friend. Right. But yeah. She's so, she's so jaded by my bullshit, dude. 
there, there's nothing like stuff like i mean if you ever check out the podcast if you check out is we dumb i have so many stories yeah dude i have and she, yeah, she doesn't give a fuck about any of them because she's like yeah 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 can you fucking do the laundry <laughs> Babe, did you see the episode? Fuck you, dude. I was like, you didn't care about me doing fucking naked jumping jacks in the cop car? Can you can you can you get near the dishwasher? Yes. Yeah. Dude, that's fucking funny. Yes, but she is just fucking over it. That's amazing, man. Yeah, dude. Well, yeah, I mean that that's really cool that it's just cool that I don't know. I, I always I just get really I get really inspired by, and also just, I just, I don't have like that part of me that's envious or jealous of people. Like I just, I love people that are good people that are happy and that are doing good shit, man. That's why I'm fucking stoked stoked to be talking to you, dude. So it's just really cool. Yeah. I'm stoked to be here too, man. Like, uh, I mean, a question for you, because I mean, when the pandemic hit, like we, we barely played like, uh, the band that I'm in Moretta, uh, we played our last show in February Mm -hmm. of 2020. Yeah. Um, and then it was March, the beginning of March, where everything fucking hit. It was like February, uh, exact day, I don't know. It was like 26th. It was way late. And then it was two weeks later that everything got fucking shut down. Like, yeah. so, I mean, we haven't done shit. Like, we've just kind of been like, it is was the, you know, it, it's it, that's it. Most people are like that. Right. I mean, right. I so, like I mean, most... how are, like, you know, what are you doing to keep your, well, your body, um, your brain from imploding? Oh, fuck. Well, I mean, it was interesting too, because I remember, I remember when I first moved down to Arizona and I called you and I was kind of just, you know, curious about like, you know, different, different directions to take. I asked, you know, and I actually impl- implemented that stuff and it seemed to kind of work in a way. I mean, I don't know. It probably wasn't because of you cause you're a fucking retard, but, but, but <laughs> no, but, um, so when COVID hit, like when the first, I, uh, by the way, this is a funny thing. Do you notice that every time somebody talks about the past year, they always preface it by saying when COVID hit. It's Dude, the beginnings it's of everybody's sins when COVID hit. Dude, it's it's the it's the like I don't know what, what like what to tie it to, but it is one of those things that we like we will remember like we, we can relate to that. When COVID when, hit, yeah. When, when, oh. when it all when it all happened, you're like, Oh yeah, I was sad. Yeah, oh I remember. <laughs> I no, remember but, how sad I was. Yeah. So I I well, prior to that though, I mean the months leading up, I was I was ha- I had a lot of optimism about music and like I was getting really inspired because I was like I was starting to play shows like that I was the headliner my own shows like actually ticketed shows from with me on the marquee like fucking you know just finally getting to that point like even if I was the mid or the opener but like sometimes I was headlining I was doing like headliner shows in LA and then Seattle and then you know still like living down here but I had a four show run in Seattle like beginning of March and then like my last show up there was March 11th and it was at the pin in Spokane, kind of a sketchy little venue, but it was my first sold out. Oh, home. I fucking sold it out. Like, and like, like 30 people showed up because COVID was happening, but like I sold it out and I was on stage when like, and then the governor announced that the state was shutting down. So I was just like, fuck, <laughs> you know I mean? And then at that point I had probably 200 plus shows scheduled that yeah, year. Yeah. I mean, I, it was a lot, you know? And like, I was, I was booked until like September and then, Day after day, just emails flooding in saying, you know, we're, we're not doing the show, it's done, you know, and then so I think naturally, I don't know, I was kind of to the point where I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'll take like a month off, like I'm good with that, you know, I had a bunch of money saved and I'm like, I'm good. And then like two months in, I'm like, okay, ready to be doing stuff because I was just fucking bored. 
you right. know, out of toilet, out of toilet paper, not wiping my ass anymore. You know, all that. Wiping your, it's, it's important. Isn't that crazy how important wiping your butt is? Apparently everybody in the fucking world thought it was the most important thing. <laughs> and then come summer, I went back to Coeur d'Alene for summer and just kind of hung out. Cause I, you know, like I said, I still had money saved and I played a couple like just bar shows and shit up there. It's like just playing right, when like, I could come back down here end of summer and then, you know, stuff just still wasn't opening up. Arizona actually ended up shutting down again. And, you know, so, so as of now, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, it's giving me kind of nice because I'm averaging like one or two shows a week now. And like, they're actually pretty dope venues. Um, it's not like just my, I, I'm playing like covers and stuff too, but I mean, I'm getting to play for like at least people and like crowds right. and like they're, they're at really cool stages. So at this point I'm kind of just going like what, what, you know, with what you would do, I would assume, and just kind of like putting the work in. Like, I think I've gotten better as a musician over the last eight months, not worse. I haven't gotten rusty at all. Like I'm trying to be better. Started this podcast and it's like taking off. Okay. Like doing like somewhat decent and you know, I'm, so I'm going to keep doing this and then keep just playing shows and hopefully the fucking world opens up soon. Right. Cause it's like, I, I do miss it. It is, it is weird, man. I mean, so I, I mean, so I guess, I mean, another question for you too. I mean, so if you had to guess like six months from now, best guess, where, where are we going to be as a, as a country? It's too tight to tell you, you got, okay, wait, 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 before you answer that, you like went to the hospital. I got fucked up. Yeah. What did you, was it because of COVID or did you, so So you you like were in like like an ICU? ICU. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Dude. Holy shit. I, I was in the, I was in the ER, man. Like I, I got COVID and I went to the, uh, the gym here, the Croc Center. I have no idea. I'm not really sure how I got it. I was pretty sure I went to lunch and I got a sandwich and it was tour season here in Coeur d'Alene, which is huge. They mm. keep them from all over the place. They're coming in town. And there's no, there's no restrictions in Idaho. There's, there's no, there's no fucking masks. There's no nothing. And I'm in the yeah. spot eating a sandwich. Uh, when I started, it was just like me and one other person. By the time I had to get up and get, grab the ketchup in my napkins, there was like fucking 70 people in this place. Mm. Um, so I think that's when I got it. I walked across and I grabbed some shit and then I went back and I just picked up my sandwich and ate it. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing I got it off of like either crowd interaction or off of uh, the ketchup bottle. Like, I don't know what the fuck it was. But that, I, Crazy. I got sick as fuck. Two days later, I went and worked out. I came home, told my wife I didn't feel good. And then woke up to the EM- EMTs. I uh, just passed Dude, that out. That is on, crazy. On my kitchen floor, uh, unable to move my fucking body. Had to go to the ER. They ran all the tests. Uh, woke up the next day, like a super sharp chest pain that made me black out. I don't know how fucking long I was gone, but I remember standing up and just like, like, like falling, like almost stereotypically, like, Bleh! like big footing across my living room to find my wife and tell her like what the fuck just happened. So back to the ER I go. Oh my um, God. Yeah, man. It was, uh, it was rough, dude. And I, every single night for like 10 days, I would wake up in the middle of sleeping thinking I was going to die. That is so crazy. My heart would stop. I wake up gasping for breath. My whole body was numb and I would just like fall out of my fucking bed. Jesus Christ. Like, dude, it was, it was terrifying. It was, it was awful, man. It was. So do you have any, do you have, did you, do you have like an underlying condition or. Yeah. I, was, uh, I mean, I, besides your dick being super huge. Big. Oh, yeah. that's exactly. yeah. 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 yeah that, I mean, that, that's been a, a condition I've had to deal with my whole life. Um, 
Like yeah. I, I don't have to go to the gym. Like all I do is drag my dick around. <laughs> <laughs> my core is tight, dude. Oh yeah. Yeah. My Stone thighs. Glutes. You should see these thighs. There's tree trunks, um, dog. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, I, I am just barely, and I got this back in July. So I'm just barely starting to go to the gym again. Cause That's I try insane. to go periodically and I, I, I'm going to, you know, I, it's like, I'm a gym rat, but I'd work out like, you know, three, four times a week. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't do it. I'd go there. I'd feel like I was going to pass out. I have to lay down on the floor. My heart rate would stay up at 140 for fucking like 45 minutes after one lift. Like it was fucking crazy. And like, I'm in shape. Like it would usually, yeah. it would barely get above a hundred and then it would go back down to, you know, 80 or 70 yeah. which is where I'm supposed to be. So it's over double off of doing like one lift. That's interesting, man. Like that's what, that's what I'm curious about because I mean, obviously like I feel like most people, if they contract COVID, they're going to be fine if they're healthy and you, you seem really healthy. So that's, it's interesting. That's what the crazy thing about COVID and that's why you can't put a blanket statement on it is because like, it just fucking affects yeah. everybody different. And like that, so did, did, is that what they said? Did they say that, I mean, everything you were feeling was because of COVID? No, they didn't know. They didn't test me for oh, COVID okay. in the ER. Oh, okay. Like they didn't even test me. They just sent me home. My doctor was like, uh, what? She looked at my blood test. She goes, go get, go in right now. Obviously something's going on. Uh, but the ER was testing me like for, uh, for heart attack or, you know, like, you know, whatever it was, something more severe. They weren't looking for COVID mm-hmm. at that time. Uh, okay. Okay. The, the tests were not readily available in July. It's so crazy to think about this timeline. Here in North Idaho, they just weren't—they weren't everywhere. You couldn't just test anybody because you didn't have them. So yeah. I'm this young, uh, you know, athletic, fit dude. We just got DVD players up there last week, right. dude. I mean, you kidding me? Have you guys heard yeah. of Netflix? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yo, know, a, a blockbuster just went out of business. <laughs> shit, shit is crazy up here. It's going crazy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, things were, di- it's just crazy how fast that has progressed, but, um, no, they, they didn't test for it. I got sent home, um, you know, did my, did my quarantine and, you know, I had to get a heart monitor on because I was having, I was having like heart palpitations and it was just, uh, you know, it, it was a weird stretch, man. Like, That's I'm not, interesting. Like, like I'm not super scared. I'm not super scared of it still. Um, it's not like I'm being reckless. I'm still wearing a mask and I'm, I'm like, I don't see anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't seeing anybody before. Yeah. But it's gotten to a point where it's like, I don't know what to, what to do. Like, no, like it's like 50, 50 between people that give a fuck and don't. And that's not going to yeah. stop shit. No, it's not. What, what am I going to do? Like, and that's the thing too, is like, like, just, I, I guess, I guess I, it's like, I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm just free living, but I'm yeah. also not going to just not do anything. Um, I don't know, man. I, th- I think, I think mine was just a weird combination of not working out for a long time, getting COVID and then going back to working out mm-hmm. and just going, you know, hard, you know, because when COVID hit, you couldn't go to the gym. So from, from, uh, from July to October, I mean, I know I, I, March, so I couldn't go in March. They shut everything down. So there's like a three or four month span where I couldn't go and do anything. Mm-hmm. So when I went back, I just started working out as hard as I could. And then I had COVID and then COVID, you know, I, you drop your, immune response your rapid immune response system when you work out because mm-hmm. you know it's fighting other things it's, it's trying to regenerate in that moment and it dropped it and covid just fucking ate me alive Jesus. and um so i mean i understand that my situation i lost the percentage game and i think i just went and did the one thing i probably shouldn't have done in that exact moment 
and mm-hmm. I went and done it. You know, I, I just, I didn't think about it. You know, yeah. I just lifted as hard as I've always lifted. I ran as much as I've always ran. And then I went home and fucking woke up in the yard. To your, yeah, well, it's, yeah, that is crazy. And to your defense, oh man, like, I, I mean, people that are, I mean, I'm kind of a psychopath in that arena too. Like, I don't like to not be able to do shit. Like, that's like literally my biggest fear is not being able to like move, you know? So right. you're probably just, you just, you didn't know, man. And like, honestly, like nobody really did, you know, like half the time, some people don't even know they have it. So it's like, you can't really, right. I mean, we don't know, but that is crazy, man. I'm just glad you're fucking okay, dude. I mean, me too. Yeah. I'm hoping, I I'm mean, hoping there I'm- was like, there was like, like a 10% part of me that wanted you to die, but yeah. like, but the other, but the other 90%. Damn. Those are good odds. And everyone I've talked <laughs> to so far was, was giving me 75, 25. Oh shit. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've wronged a lot of people, Casey. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to read a couple ads and then I'm going to ask you a couple listener questions that came in that okay. kind of re- that uh, relate to us and shit. And then uh, we'll get out of here, man. Okay. Sounds um, good, man. Uh, the Starving Artist is brought to you by Breed Love Guitars, the hallmark and mission to create perfect acoustic sound to match that sound with effortless playability and to craft a clean, modern aesthetic instrument. Head over to breedlovemusic.com to check out their entire collection of a vast array of acoustic and acoustic electric instruments. Breed Love Guitars, play better, sound better. The Starving Artist is also brought to you by G7th Capo Company. G7th Capos are the most powerful and dynamic capos on the market today. Seamless playability and adjustments with ease and a huge selection to suit the needs of any live performer. Head over to G7th.com, browse their entire online shop and see all of the deals that they're offering. Again, that is G7th.com. All right, man. So I had a couple uh, listener questions come in. If you guys want to email any questions, email info.thestarvingartistpodcast at gmail.com. I uh, got a lot of responses so far, and I appreciate it, you guys. So, okay, so Isaac out of Salt Lake City says, "Do you think it's better to focus on one thing at once or many things at the same time?" That depends on severity. Mm-hmm. So, if we're talking about like self growth, I think that's a multi that's a multifaceted fight. Mm-hmm. You you can't let your guard down and just be like I'm going to you know be, be better at this and then just let neglect everything else. Yeah. Um, but I mean I've always been a fan of like a well balanced approach to a lot of stuff. Yeah, I chose this question because you know well I mean you are definitely a jack of seems like a jack of all trades and like I I kind of like like to do a lot of shit too. So I just was curious what your thought about it was. Right. Yeah. No, it's uh, it, it is along those lines, man. Like I, I have my job, and I got my job in radio by being a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very rare, uh, at least in the creative world, in like the entertainment, production, audio, video world. If all you do is one thing, then you might as well fucking quit. Yeah, because you don't have a chance anymore. You have to be able to do all these things, man. Like I don't show up in the podcast world and record the podcast and edit it, and then I just go home. Like yeah. <laughs> you're doing audio and video and marketing, creating socials, managing socials, you know, making, you know, graphic design for like the, you know, for the tour or for all the shit that you're going to be doing and promoting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know, being the talent, you know, being the talent and show creation and then molding your creation to like fit the audience, analyzing your analytics to make sure that what you're talking about, people actually give a fuck about. So if you show up with one mindset in this field, I'm guessing if you, if you're like, if you're working in uh, a different, a different space, you might be, you might get away with being really good at one thing and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But for my life, I can't, you have to be good at a lot of stuff because somebody else is going to come along who is. And if you're not, 
then you're going to be replaced. That's why I was able to get a decade in radio. I swear yeah. to God, man, there's like seven, eight people in my exact department, same stations. They got fired in those eight, in those 10 years. And it was because they couldn't do the stuff that they, they that everybody else could do. Mm -hmm. And they, they just got cut out because they couldn't handle production. They couldn't handle marketing. They couldn't handle graphic design, video production, audio production. They could do one thing. And they just, they're like, okay, well, these guys can do your job. Bye. Yeah. So you, I mean, you probably inadvertently just saw the writing on the wall. Like I have to do all this shit, you yeah. know? And like, and like, that's crazy because like, you know, pretty much outside of my small commitment to Vagrant Records that I had, like I've done the same thing, like all by myself. I mean, like, and had to learn it all by myself. And I've had a lot of failures doing the wrong things. And then like, you have to learn other things in order to be able to do the other thing. Right. So, yeah. So I, I definitely, it's probably, I think to answer this question, like not only what you just said, but it's probably just subjective. Yeah. Like if you, if you have a sole focus of like, I'm going to be a fucking plumber. Right. And yeah. like just learn everything about toilets. Right. You know? And, and you can kill it, but even even that, you can know everything there is to know about plumbing, but you better know something about marketing, or it doesn't. That's true. Matter. That's a good like, point. Because there's a lot of people that are really good at the same thing you're good at, and it just kind of goes full circle to what we were talking about earlier, where you're not you're not as unique as you think you are. Mm -hmm. Just you have to find what you care about and just try harder than the people around you are. Yeah, that's it. Absolutely. Like, it's, yeah. it's not saying that we all start from the same plane. Like we all have these different privileges. Like I understand that. Uh, but I'm saying that whatever you care about, whoever's around you and where you want to be, just always picture yourself working harder than them. And that'll give you the advantage all the time. Fuck yeah, dude. That's, That's really a great it. answer. Okay. One more here. Uh, Brandy at a Provo. I, I just picked. Dude, Brandy's, Brandy's been fucking DMing me. That's She's been sending me dick pics, dude. This, like, this Brandy fucking chill, dude. Dude, her He's, dick's so big. I'm getting a lot of like, I mean, a lot of th people from Utah. Maybe I'm reaching the Mormon demographic. <laughs> Good um, for you, bro. Uh, this is kind of a silly one, but if you were an in, if you could be any inanimate object, what would you want to be and why? Uh, butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I that's a given for you, you sick fuck. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, you go ahead. You, you know, an answer. Uh, I don't know. Um, probably like inanimate object. That's a funny question, dude. <laughs> it's like it just like imagine just staying still all day as one thing. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're like a if you're a Barbie, like at least you get to move sometimes. <laughs> yeah, probably like probably a refrigerator because like I could like you could open me up. And I just give t gifts all day. Somebody would touch you at least once a day. That's true. You would get totally lonely. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then like they get well, water and, out of me. In that case, I'm be a doorknob. <laughs> oh, <just laughs> give you a little twist. You always did like the twist and jerk. I did. I'm so important. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if you don't have me, you're going to notice. That's hilarious. Because I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep you safe. <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to be sturdy. I'm going to be there when you need me. <laughs> And, and you can open and close do literal and metaphorical doors right. to the world. Right. Whether I want to or not. Yeah. When, when one door <laughs> opens, the other one closes. And the other one that closes is you. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, man. Um, dude, thank you so much again for doing this. I really appreciate it. You're fucking one of the coolest, like, kindest, awesome people I fucking know. And I really appreciate you, dude. So thank you. Really no, man. As, as, uh, as Dan kind of, uh, Dan Cummins taught me I, I didn't know how to express it really until i met him but um 
it's grind respects grind mm -hmm. where if you are working your ass off and there's somebody else who is working their ass off it doesn't matter if you're in the same field you just res you respect that and that's what you are to me like you're some yeah. dude who is just just fucking making it happen man and i've told you this before me like I i'm good at music i've always played music and you have done more and committed uh, committed more to music as a career than I ever did. And, I, and I've done some big shit, dude. Yeah. Like I've done some cool stuff, but I've never gone yeah. as far in as you have. And so there is so much respect there to, to do that because I never did. I never, well, fuck, man. That means I never did me, that. Dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously you can see it got me super far, <laughs> but uh, look, look at me now. Yeah, but um, no, but you're making a career out of it. And I, yeah. and I that was so far, no matter how much I made off of albums or merch sales or whatever it was, it was never going to be enough to make a career out of it because mm -hmm. I never cut my strings to do it. I never yeah. took away from the safe. I never, you can't, you can't do music and have a safety net. I yeah. mean, unless you're, you're fucking, it's true. You know, I mean, like dollars. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I didn't have that for, for me and, and probably for you too. It's just one of those things that like, whatever that you're choosing to do, I mean, it's just, if it's, if it's difficult, it's going to be worth it obviously. But also if it's difficult, it's going to be fucking difficult. You right. know, you shouldn't expect things to be easy. And, and I think that I had that mentality at first, like, Oh, this is, you know, you, because if you're it, say that you're in like a business, like there's a step process to if you stay at that company in a year you'll get promoted and then another five years you'll get like a management position or whatever and then there's ladders but in art and podcast whatever it is I mean anything to do with the arts it's just there's no there's no structure it's just random honestly I mean that's the fun man that's the addiction is that yeah. you're not the, like the ladder you're not you're not stepping up the ladder there's a chance that you can take 15 steps and then jump up 70 steps yeah and, and that's and that, you know that's the addiction um, yeah of just kind of the creative world, man. Like it's a gamble. It, it, yeah. it, it goes from a ladder to a penthouse. Like, and you just don't know when it's going to happen or if it's ever going to happen. And that it just falls back on where we started. As long as you love what you're doing, if it never happens, you're happy. And if it happens, you're happy. Like that's really. Damn dude. Fucking. That was the mic drop moment right there. That was, that was beautiful, man. Uh, so, where can, so, so where can everybody like follow you? So you can go ahead. Yeah, you can. Don't fucking follow me. Don't listen to me by podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. Bye. Um, no, I mean, uh, you know, Instagram, it's Rev Doctor R E V D R Paisley. Okay. Um, Facebook, don't worry about Facebook. It's a fucking shit show. Yeah. So just follow me on Instagram. Um, Facebook has turned into a goddamn nightmare. And then uh, the podcast group is bad magic productions so you have time suck which is deep dives in the true crime and history and just mm. weird points of interest that you never thought you would care about uh if you're into horror then check out scared to death which is a lot of fun um which you know we don't take ourselves too seriously we have we have some uh you know apparently true encounters I mean, other shit that we know is fake as fuck, but it's super entertaining. Yeah. And then if you're looking for just comedy, laugh your ass off, uh, that's the one that I'm the co-host of. And that's called Is We Dumb? And you can find them wherever you want to. All yeah. And and all of all three of those, I've watched all three. They're amazing. Go support them. Go show them some love. Joe Paisley, thank you so much, man. Appreciate Thanks, man, it, man. Dude. All right. It's good to see you. Yeah, absolutely. That's it, guys. See you later. The past is later, brother. See you later, man. Out. Everything I've kept